Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by photographer, writer, director, and horror film enthusiast, Reem Amin. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. Good. (laughs) How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. Today, we are talking about the iconic 2000 Canadian film, Ginger Snaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because Ginger Snaps is such a good movie. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely overlooked. I was rewatching it last night and it just reminded me of just how insane feminine rage can be. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Before we get into Ginger Snaps, how long have you been a horror fan? I've been a horror fan since I think I was like nine years old. I, I accidentally watched a horror film. Um, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it's M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Signs. The, I the one love that, Signs. Signs. It was my first horror film that I watched. And like after that, I was just immersed in this like genre of horror. And I, and I kept on thinking, how does this, how is this possible? I want to know more. I want to find out why that, why it's here, why, why it's such a big thing and everything. So yeah, ever since I was nine years old. <laughs> I love that. I love signs, by the way, mm-hmm. like alien movies are my favorites. And I, I think Signs is a really good movie. I think it's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan. I know a lot of people say like the Sixth Sense are unbreakable. Mm-hmm. But Signs. No, for me, it's Signs. It's, it's such a classic. But you know what? <laughs> After watching the scary movie uh, franchise, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, it kind of it ruined it for me. It ruined no. it for me. For a long time, I couldn't rewatch Signs because of it, because I there's such a thin line between horror and comedy, mm-hmm. and scary movie has just gone over that line so many times. Ah, <laughs> uh, have you had a chance to rewatch Signs since? Yeah, I have. I okay, have. it was like a week, two weeks ago, and <laughs> I felt I fell back in love with it, despite the fact that so many people have taken it apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, there's just something to it. It's very nostalgic to the original Alien films and yeah, just the whole, um, just everything about it. I was just like, wow, I forgot how how good it is. (laughs) Uh, Something I want to mention is we, while we were setting this up, uh, this, uh, this conversation up, we discovered that we share a mutual love for the film Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yes. I absolutely love that film. It's like my comfortable film. My the film that no matter where I am, if I'm watching it, I just feel like I'm at home. It's just it's just it's just amazing. I love it. It is my favorite movie of all time. It everyone who listens to this pos- podcast regularly knows that that film is my personality. Really? <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. So when you walk around, you have that soundtrack. 
next to you. That's what I like to imagine. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Like, like- yeah. <laughs> and people, uh, like people know, they look at me and they know that, uh, that I spare no expense. <laughs> what do you think of Jeff Goldblum in the film? That's my dad. <laughs> I love him. I absolutely love him. He's just like, I think, was he in the second film as well? I can't remember. Yes. Oh, I can he was remember. In the second film. And <laughs> I think he was in the third film as well. Or am I? No. Right. Uh, Sam Neill's yeah. in the third film. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, I got that's, you. You got me. <laughs> I got you. I got your back. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I actually saw the second film recently and um I was just thinking because didn't he may have a cameo in Jurassic World as well in the second Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yeah yes yes I was just like when every time I see him in any film when it's when it's his face I just think Jurassic Park like this that, me that, too that's him I love it even yeah. movies that came out before Jurassic Park, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or mm-hmm. The Fly, I mm-hmm. still think, oh, that's Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic <laughs> Park. <laughs> I actually haven't seen The Fly. It's really good. I, I think you'd like it a lot. It's on my list. It's on my list. And the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, it actually inspired me to work on um, a fashion editorial that I had with um, an up-and-coming fashion designer as well. And the whole concept was just revolved around aliens. And I wish I had more room to play with the special effects. But Mm -hmm. I just, like, because it's, like, very heavily um, focused on the fashion aspect, so I just kept it, I had to keep it a little bit, you know, (laughs) not too much. I got you. Yeah. So you are a professional photographer. How mm-hmm. has horror influenced your work? Oh, uh, how has horror influenced my work? It's influenced me in not just my work, but like my photography work, my artwork as well, because I do some paintings as well on, on the side. With horror, it's not just like blood and gore and like this. It's not just slasher. It's so deeply rooted in psychology and like if you if you if you were to dissect a horror film it's always almost always like revolved around love the relationship family dynamics friendships just it it will take the most real relationship and just pack on like the supernatural phenomenons and like it it's just I love that and the way that I like to think that it correlates into my work because I always like to I just like to create different universes through real mm-hmm. stories. Um, I like to polish it a little bit with the horror, with like it's it's great to have that fake blood in. It's like it's a very glossy um topping of the <laughs> of a very real conversation. So you're a fan of blood. Mm-hmm. I like I love <laughs> slasher, I love gore, I love um, I mean some some body horror films a little bit. Yeah, so with Ginger Snaps, there's there's body horror with Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Oh, there's body horror. There's blood. There's, there's blood. There's yeah. special effects. And when I was rewatching it, I just realized that there's no CGI. It's very, very like, it's very built on. It's built on special effects mostly than CGI. And I appreciate yeah. that so much because that just shows just how much work goes into creating these horror film creatures to come to life to terrify you and everything and like makes you go oh my god 
you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I gotta ask, what did you think about the beginning of Ginger Snaps where, uh, where the sisters are? Oh, and by the way, there's spoilers for Ginger Snaps. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie spoilers, um, (laughs) I like to make, yeah. Well, it's like the the um the sisters the are showing show. off. Yeah, they're yes, they're I, horror I, pictures. It, horror pictures, yeah. Because in the film, like the two two death obsessed outcast sisters that live in this like suburban neighborhood, and they're very different to the people who surround them. And that opening credit just goes just shows you a little bit about the relationship, their personalities, and who who they are. And I just, I was just like, wow, I remember watching this for the first time ever and just getting drawn into, it's like very film, it's it's very grainy, it's a film, film, film photography, I think, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, the colours, the composition, the blurriness, I was just like, wow, this is, this is, this is ahead of its time. It really was, yeah, and um, it's interesting because, uh, that kind of just sets the tone for the rest of the film, I think. Yeah, it does. It does. It makes you, um, well, for me personally, I just, I was so drawn into this aesthetic of, uh, what is it? It's like goth. No, I don't think it's goth. It's it's just very different. It's very unique. It's like, it's mm-hmm. a very unique take on the uh, werewolf, the traditional werewolf narrative. Yeah. R- yeah, especially because like this film kind of uses werewolfism. I I think that's a word. It's a word now, um, but <laughs> I uses. Think the, yeah. I think the traditional term is lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Yeah, but I can't pronounce that. I'm I'm literally just I've just literally learned this name like this name lycanthropy last night because while I was rewatching it I think her name was Emily Perkins who plays the sister of Ginger uh, mm-hmm. she uses that term in the film uh, she's like oh lycanthropy and I was like oh wait this is interesting let me look into it <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's actually like the correct terminology for I think werewolves female well, werewolves I, pre- I prefer werewolfism um <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it's but yeah, they use uh, lycanthropy to be a uh metaphor for growing up for female uh, puberty. Yeah. Yeah. And like the urges you get the at urges, that time. Yes. Yes. Not that I can relate. I, I was not a teenage girl, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Um. <laughs> But is that something um, you were able to relate to watching the film? Watching the film, re-watching it, I was just like, hmm, there's, there is something very relatable. It somehow kind of turns female rage acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. um, it, it Like the teenage girl going through puberty, becoming of a woman, it can be a very scary time. You know, you never... You, you don't know what's what's going to happen like you don't know how it's going to affect the personality you don't know how to how it's going to affect you as a as a woman the experiences that you um take part in and everything it's uh, it's interesting and i love the correlation between ginger snaps and jennifer's body because it's very similar like there's a lot of a lot of scenes that are very similar yeah, I was just thinking about this on my way here. Like today, today I was just like, "Wow, 
it's it's literally the template of Jennifer's body. Which is interesting because ginger snaps came first. Yeah, it was so... 2000, 2000. And then Karen Kasama and Diablo Cody um, joined forces and created Jennifer's body. Like there's so many similar similarities, especially with... Um, you know, uh, female puberty and uh, being a woman, being a girl that's turning into a woman during teenage times, like during high school and everything. It's uh, it's literally the template of Jennifer's body. Yeah, yeah. The comparison with Jennifer's body and Ginger Snaps, I think, is a really important one because these are both these are both films that. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, I'm just gonna let that go. That thought, uh, that thought, thought escaped me. Um, it's it's very it's like okay so I made this little note last night uh-huh. which was the, okay there's a connection to Jennifer's body and it's making women's rage acceptable through supernatural circumstances. Ooh, both of I them. I like it. Yeah, and I wrote a couple of other things too, but you know I'll I'll let it flow throughout our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, for instance, um, mm-hmm. the Ginger Snaps is focused on two sisters. And Jennifer's body emulates the sisterly dynamic naturally because it's a very competitive streak that so often exists between two girls, best friends or sisters. So both of them are very similar. That's when I say like there's, it's like a, it's, they're mirroring. Like Ginger's right. template, the first thing that ever happened that probably um, inspired Jennifer's body. It's kind of like similar to the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day I watched the documentary with uh, that had Jim Carrey in it and I can't remember what it was called but it's literally about him and I was just thinking while I was watching it this is the template of Cabin in the Woods yeah a little bit I like that like that if they're not they're not brothers they're cousins probably it's, <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's they're related like it's it's crazy how one film can um inspire something else a different perspective or a a different timeline or a different setting but the main the root of it is very similar oh for sure and you can uh do these parallels with a lot of different films that um i think a lot of people might not really see at first like one of my favorite ones to point out is jurassic park is just a more modern version of frankenstein Ah, oh, I haven't seen Frankenstein. I need to watch it. You, it's, oh, it's one of the classics. But <laughs> the classics, you're, yeah. I need to watch it. Yeah, but you're familiar with kind of like the basic story of Frankenstein, right? Um, Monster. <laughs> well, I don't want to say too much, but Frankenstein's monster is basically a mad scientist taking, creating a body out of other dead bodies and bringing it mm. to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, because because he can Jurassic Park it's I, I don't know if they're mad scientists but scientists driven by capitalism bringing back creatures who are long dead for the money but for the pride really you know both Frankenstein and Jurassic Park kind of deal with mankind's arrogance in the face of nature it's like a big fuck you to to biology yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, I see what you've done over there, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna manipulate it the way that I want to ma- I want it to happen. Exactly. And Jeff Goldblum says it best. Like your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. 
Yes, yes, I remember that line. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now I need to watch Jurassic Park again. I'm getting We always to- we always need to watch Jurassic Park. It's such a good film. I feel like now we're going to end up talking more about Jurassic Park than Ginger Snaps. <laughs> it happens on the show more often than you'd think. <laughs> uh I had a for a long time I would always joke around like for whatever reason, three films always get brought up on my episodes. It's Jurassic Park, Jaws, and Scream. Don't get me started on Jaws. I love Jaws. <laughs> oh my goodness. That film is another comfy, like it's a very comfy film for me, despite the fact that it's a horror and there's a shark literally just eating people and everything. But it's just such a comfortable <laughs> film. It's such a comfortable film for me. It I is, yeah. Like, I feel good. I feel great. You know, there are people who love Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter, but for me, it's Jaws and Jurassic Park. Those are the films that like kind of make me in a way. Because when I was kids, like the first, the first horror film was Signs that I watched. And then Mm -hmm. from there, it was Jurassic Park. And then it was Jaws. And it's just like, kind of like slowly went up to more supernatural elements, the phenomenon, the, um, yeah, like the grudge, The Grudge, the, um, what else? Uh, the Exorcist, The Omen. All of mm-hmm. these films kind of, in a way, just like have made me, me. And like- yeah, no, I completely understand that because I'm the same way. My first horror film is Jurassic Park. Right. Um, I watched that when I was three. Three, wow. Yeah. You're, you're, oh, you've beat me. I thought I would yeah, be like... I, I, I don't mean to flex or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, what was it? I saw it first. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. I literally, and then I you saw did, Jaws when did. I was five. But that's more of like a family tradition. Yeah. Um, my grandpa took my mom to see Jaws in the theaters, and she was only five years old. Oh my goodness! So when I turned five, my mom showed me Jaws. Mm-hmm. And I don't, how do I say it without seeming like a dick? I don't enjoy the presence of children. So no, that's like the worst way to say it. But um, it's good for me to say this. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that. But uh, don't if, bring kids to the cinema. <laughs> well, I mean, if they know how to behave. But anyways, uh, if I ever have kids, they will be seeing Jaws as soon as they turn five. Oh, for me as well. That's going to be a, like, that's going to be mandatory. It's going to be in the curriculum. So mm-hmm. of being my child, you're going to have to see Jaws, Jurassic Park and yep. Signs. And we'll go from there. We'll see what kind of horror films they like go into the subgenres. Like, who knows? Because sometimes I like body horror. Sometimes I like slasher. Sometimes I like mm-hmm. psychological thrillers. Who knows? But probably these kids that I'm going to pop out or something like they're going to like something that I don't like and I'm going to have to put up with it. So in a way, I need to put up a little curriculum and mandatory, mandatory syllabus of horror films that they have to follow through. (laughs) Well, and and you're right. It's important that you give them room to put in their own taste. Yes, I'm going to give them the basic skeleton of horror films. And I'm going to let them, you know, put the meat on themselves. Like, whatever it is that they like, they're going to put it on. So Because it, it's important that kids develop their own tastes. We don't want to yeah. dictate <laughs> that. But if 
If my kid don't like Jurassic if Park, they don't like duels I'm or Jurassic him. Park? No. Time yeah, out. They, they're not my kid. Um, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> Childhood trauma. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say like maybe Jaws when you're five, um, Hostel when you're seven, Terrifier 2 when you're eight. I think I that's like a... Terrifi Wait, Terrifier 2, is that the one with the clown? Artie yes. the clown. Yeah. I have not seen Terrifier or Terrifier 2, but I've been told like so many times to go watch it. I'm just so... I, I appreciate Pennywise, and Pennywise will always be the clown that I will go for. But mm -hmm. if it's Artie the Clown, I don't know. So I'm, like I I don't know. I'm I'm like so old school. If I give my heart to a horror film character like Pennywise, I'm not gonna be able to watch anything else with clown and enjoy it because in my head I'm gonna be thinking Pennywise. Well, if it makes you feel better, if you ever decide to give Art the chance, Art a chance, yeah, uh, he's a nasty motherfucker. I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, I, it, it's I some seen, gruesome, gnarly stuff. I would love to see it and sit down and actually see it and everything, but I need to be in the right mindset for for it. Like there are some horror films that I like to be in the right mindset to see, rather gotcha. than oh, yeah, I'll rewatch it. That's fine. I can put it in the background while I do my thing or whatever. But when I want to watch something I haven't seen before, I need to be in the right mindset for it. I get it, especially because nowadays there's a lot of that horror that deals with trauma and then um, very heavy subjects. And sometimes I don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, my 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 boundaries with horror films would be like anything that would I, I'm very open to slasher, gore. I love it all. But when there's sexual assault or rape mm -hmm. or um, anything of that caliber i stay away from i i don't think like if you go if someone's gonna make a horror film with that kind of narrative following through from an event that a traumatic event like that there's certain ways i think um when it comes to filmmaking you can say a lot by not showing anything but there are a lot of horror filmmakers that will show the whole thing for reaction like for just to be talked about like oh have you seen that film have you seen like Gaspar Noah's um what was it irreversible with Monica Bellucci it was like a 10 minute scene I I can't I I don't know like a friend of mine told me to watch it and I was watching it and I just got triggered and I was like this is not it I will not go that way ever again like no so yeah. I understand yeah and then when with Terrifier 2, I think, is it similar? Like in, in that, is, is does that follow that kind of narrative or? No. No. Okay. Thank I God. think the first one, the first Terrifier has a scene where it's not exactly that, but it is kind of gratuitous. Mm. Um, okay. But it's more of a, a spoilers for the Terrifier series. Um, well, light spoilers, but there's a scene in the first Terrifier, which is a very gory, nasty kill scene to a nude woman. Oh, OK. Yeah. So th so that's where I I can see like, OK, that's very gratuit gratuitous. And uh, it's funny because I, I did like some looking into it. And I'm pretty sure the reason why they made that choice is they couldn't figure out how to make the clothes work mm. to pull off the effects. Right. So they. 
there was just so a, they've gone with let's just keep it skin back well it was just for the special effect to pull off the shot not uh um, right. not to like it's not that i mean obviously you're gonna get a reaction with yeah. what they did yeah. but um, i just thought it was interesting where it's like well we have to do it this way because we can't get the clothes to work i'm like that's interesting what year did terrifier come out 2016 i believe 2016 or 2017 and the new one just came out last year and i like the new one a lot more okay is it is it very special effects based or would you say there's some cgi elements to it or is it just i'm pretty sure it's all practical if there were cgi elements um i couldn't tell right right okay I was just there, thinking when you said yeah. when you said the um because of the clothes and the special effects and everything. I mean, okay, it makes sense, but also there's other ways of doing it without showing the female anatomy. That's true. Just like that's as true. Like because then like people become like it's kind of like in Cabin in the Woods. People have become mm-hmm. so desensitized to horror films and the gore scenes and everything because it's very it just follows this template of like the um the tropes. Like I think it was like five tropes or four the the bimbo, the sexually awakened bimbo, then there's mm-hmm. the virgin, then there's the uh, the intellect, then there's the jock, and then there's the stoner. And there's always, always in these horror films, like if you think about it like uh, I can't remember like what year it would come out or anything, but um, female women, female characters in horror films, whoever's sexually more, who, who who's ever more sexually awakened and comfortable, she's the one that gets killed first because sex is a sin. You know, well, sometimes, sometimes these films portray these more um, sexually active uh, female characters as the monster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we bring it back to ginger snaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I wrote this <laughs> down. I wrote this down yesterday uh, that ginger snaps and Jennifer check are both comfortable. Where ginger describes her sister to her sister of what she feels like post werewolf bite. She says something like, "I get this ache, and I thought it was for sex, but it's to tear everything to fucking pieces." And Jennifer check makes a similar dec- declaration in the moment where she lights up her her tongue on fire and she. She's like I am a god. Yeah. I was just like this. There's these. There's these two elements of sex and horror and female rage, and it, it all goes in together. It's super interesting when it comes to writing and dissecting and figuring out like, oh, okay, the metaphors and the symbolism and like, oh, did, why did they choose these words as the dialogue? It's to there's there's layers to it. It's not just oh, here's a girl that's gonna bite off the heads of all these boys and everything. No, like it, there's a lot more to it. Right. Yeah. And no, you're absolutely right. And I think it's interesting, especially these two films. But it's also kind of like the trope of the werewolf mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. where you're the werewolf character is a monster, but they're also a victim. Yes, yes. And also, I realized this. This is like Ginger Snaps. When I first watched this film was the first film I've seen where the werewolf is a woman as well. Because I don't think there's very many. There's I don't... not many, which yeah. is super interesting. Like instantly, if you think, oh, a woman in a horror film and a supernatural vampire or um, mm-hmm. or something else, but you wouldn't think, you wouldn't make that click in your head that, okay, let's turn into a werewolf. There was this, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
Um, who was it that was a wolf? I can't remember. I never it seen was... Buffy. You have never seen Buffy. I've never seen Buffy. You have to watch it. Each episode is I... like a horror film. I know. I get, I get told that. I get told I need to watch that and that I need to watch the X-Files, but I haven't seen either. I haven't seen the X-Files, but I have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I have to tell you, it's insane. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, each episode takes an, a, a horror film element into it. Like, let's say there's a vampire that she needs to stake, or like there's a mm-hmm. werewolf that she needs to get, or there's like, um not like... I can't remember the sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers, sleepwalking demons. That each, I don't each know. episode is completely <laughs> different. Each episode is completely different. And like the werewolf element is when it comes to combining that with the feminine rage, it's it's very rare. It's very, very rare. So oh. when I watched Ginger Snaps, I was like, whoa. Like, whoa. I think it might be uh, one of the first films to feature a female werewolf, because um the ones I'm thinking of are more recent. Like there's a female werewolf in the Wednesday show that just came out. Yes. Yes. I He's remember. a werewolf. Yes. The um, yeah. And then there's that scene in trick or treat where uh-huh. there's werewolves in that and they be ladies. Okay. Um, oh, the howling has a female werewolf. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you should see the howling. It's but, so funny. I call myself the horror yeah. film enthusiast like i i'm a very i'm very enthusiastic about horror films but when it comes like i'm very selective when it comes to horror films so i need to branch out and watch a little bit more well we all have like our blind spots frankenstein number one (laughs) yes yes frankenstein number one um (laughs) terrifying that could be a little lower yeah okay i like the second one a lot more I think the second one is much better than the first one. But the howling, I think you'd like the howling because there's werewolves. Halloween. Okay. I will. I'll check it out. Is that the does it also have feminine like um women and werewolves together? Women and werewolves together, but I wouldn't say it's feminist. It's not not feminist, but like mm-hmm. it's more uh I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, like if you can sum it up in like let's say three to four words. <laughs> the howling is like the howling is like a community. Oh, okay. That's all I'm gonna say about it. But I That's think a- that one's a really fun film. Okay, I'll give it a go. I'll watch it. For me, yes. I do have to I do have to give a little disclaimer about the howling. And anyone else who wants to watch the howling, it's an iconic 1980s werewolf film. It's very fun. There's a lot of good humor in it. It mm-hmm. starts off with the main character tracking down a serial rapist killer. Um, and there's a lot of tension in that opening scene. Right. So um Are there any trigger warnings that I need to know about? Or I don't think so. Okay. But it's been a few years since I've seen it. I just know that that was a very intense scene where um and it's in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um but it's been a few years since I've seen it. I don't think it goes farther than anything like that. But I just want to want people to be aware. Mm-hmm. But it, no, it don't show. I know it don't show any assault or anything like that. I love how this this conversation has gotten into the most heaviest topic. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to keep it light and fluffy. Like, let's bounce. Yes. Ginger Snaps. Well, well Ginger Snaps is a heavy movie. It is a heavy movie, yes. 
because at one point I'm pretty sure Ginger um takes advantage of a guy. Yes, and then she and that's yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I you want to say it. Should I say it? You, you, you say can it? say it. You can say no, you it. You can say it. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the microphone. You can say I, it. It's your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your microphone. Oh my god! We neither of us are saying it now. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it follows. Like oh the, yeah, the way the, the way it's transferred is very it follows. Right, right, and. Yeah, that's a really interesting. I didn't think of that to be honest, because yeah, I was more it thinking. Follows. It's um, I think I can't remember what the supernatural element was of it follows, um, but it was transferred through consensual sex. Right. So and- Ginger snaps how she's infected the guy was through consensual sex because they both was it both no. Well, he he was into it at first, and then he wasn't. But then and she then kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Which you're is right. like a reversal of what usually happens. I feel like. Yeah. But he, but even though he like was not into it and wanted it to stop after, yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Afterwards, he's bragging about it. Yes, yes, I remember that. I remember that scene, and I also remember the scene where her her body changes. Yeah. Uh, from a woman's body to a werewolf back and like mm-hmm. she's finally embracing that part that aspect of her that she's now a werewolf like she's a werewolf she needs to she like and it's like how she said that she gets this ache um but it's not for sex it's for to tear everything apart and the transference right. of that of that to the um, male character i forgot his name but he, yeah he was he was bragging about it afterwards I, I yeah and it's so i think this film does a really good job kind of analyzing both both sides of well obviously it's a feminist film but then it kind of mm-hmm. deals with masculinity yeah i actually wrote something about how this affects like <clears throat> it doesn't affect but it's a feminist movie and no one feels obligated to point out that men act like wolves and incubi on a regular basis without needing the excuse of a paranormal phenomenon. Right. I I just had this idea. This is what I mean by (laughs) absolutely love writing when it comes to watching horror films. Like bits and pieces will come to me. I'll write it out and I'll I'll go from there. I'll go from there and I'll see where it takes me. And then there's also that scene Mm -hmm. in Ginger Snaps when she uh, tells her sister while they were burying a body in their sheds, um, hey, look, no one ever thinks chicks do shit like this. Trust me. Right. It it looks at like the different double standards in like a lot of regards, really, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's super interesting because it was like Ginger Snaps takes a very traditional werewolf narrative and gives it a very unique spin. It's, right. it's, it's, it's very, oh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I've got all these words in front of me. And I still don't know how to explain it. Well, I don't think there's anything like it either. There's nothing like it. Like, if you think about it, there's there's been so many remakes of Carrie. There's been remakes mm. of, like, The Exorcist. But has there been a remake of the of Ginger Snaps? Jennifer's body is following the template, but it's not werewolf. It's and, an incubi. And Ginger Snaps kind of follows the template of oh. previous werewolf movies? but with women, with a woman. Right. Which makes it a truly unique a picture, I think, because the closest, 
what Ginger Snaps does is very un- like it plays with the werewolf tropes. It kind of rewrites the werewolf rules. She doesn't turn like she has this really slow, gradual transition into a werewolf. Exactly. It's very and, slow and steady. Yeah. The only but... thing that kind of comes close to that is an American werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like he doesn't have that slow transformation. No. Uh, he transforms right away. Mm-hmm. The, where I think it's similar is he gets those visions. His mentality starts to change. He doesn't know what's uh, he doesn't know what's what anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of similar to Ginger, except she also has that physical transformation happening, whereas he gets it all in one go. Yeah, yeah, and then you also have the element of uh, you know female puberty playing right. a huge part in this because how did she get bitten? The werewolf apparently. Not apparently, like the werewolf was out there. That when I was rewatching it, the werewolf was already out there killing. If I if I am correct, the uh, the dogs, the neighborhood right. dogs in the suburban area. And what initially attracted the werewolf to bite her was her period blood. Right. It's 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 very interesting. In terms yeah. of there's like um yeah, it's like a summoning ritual. <laughs> Oh, I don't I don't know if I like the sound of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a summoning ritual. <laughs> well, wasn't there like that's there used to be this we're about to go super off the rails now, but wasn't there this like rumor that period blood would attract bears? Wasn't that a thing? Am I making that, that up? That was a thing, and that's also in Ginger Snaps the dialogue where Ginger wait no, Bridget, the sister, Emily I can't remember her name. I think it was Emily Perkinson. She, Bridget, goes to Ginger. Oh, but no, this attracts bears. And she's like, we're in a fucking neighborhood. No bears are here. And it's 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 kind of funny. It plays it plays into it. It plays into it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's an actual thing <laughs> I, where bears are attracted to that. I don't think so. But I think it's like a thing that people believe. Yeah, like Bigfoot. Yeah. It's funny. I recorded an episode earlier this week about the Mothman, mm-hmm. and that naturally leads into Bigfoot. I was not expecting this episode to have a mention of Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Just pops up. Just a, a bunch of a bunch of bunch of references, a bunch of it's like pop culture references, but horror film. Bigfoot and is a, not horror. He is now. He is now. <laughs> but also, all, and I said this episode hasn't come out yet, but by the time this episode airs, it will have come out. So everyone listening knows what I'm talking about, but you do not because <laughs> podcasting's weird and we're talking in the future. <laughs> we're talking in the, hello from the future. <laughs> but in the one Very that, grim right now. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> but the... What I what I'm referring to is we went on this whole tangent where uh, we just started talking shit about Bigfoot, just trash talking Bigfoot. <laughs> so I'm bringing it. I'm I'm bringing it back. I'm 100% Team Mothman. Hashtag Team Mothman. Bigfoot could suck it. Yeah, Bigfoot can suck it. He can suck my Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're a Bigfoot hater too? Yeah, 100%. I'm not a fan. Uh- 
we're we're becoming best friends. I hope you know that. I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah, we'll start a fan club. Not a fan club, but a fan hate club of Bigfoot. Exactly. Yeah. And we're we're I, team I like Mothman. We're team Mothman. We're team Nessie. Team Mothman all the way. We, we like Nessie in this house. Yeah. Um, the Chupacabra is cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we like aliens. Love aliens. Yeah. Um, it's just. Um, you know what? I'll I'll say Yetis are cool. Yetis. I like Yetis. I don't know much about Yetis to be honest. They're they're kind of like Bigfoot, but cool. Okay. So wait, are we giving it? Uh, so Yetis are the exception. Well, well, they're not Bigfoots. Are they related? They might be. Are they like distant cousins? They might be. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll just drop by a family dinner. Be like, hey, what's up? Like, like they're, but they get to go to the cool kid table. Okay, okay. So, okay, you and I will be sitting at the pool table with the Yetis. Yes, right. We'll be chatting shit about Bigfoot. Exactly. Love that. Okay, when's this happening? Whenever. Like, okay. cool. we'll, I'll, we'll I'll exchange the deets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll, here for it. <laughs> we'll invite Freddy the Yeti. And, um... Freddy the Yeti. I want that on a t-shirt now. I want Freddy that on the t-shirt. Yeti. Yeah, Freddy the Yeti. <laughs> I need to sell. I need to sell T-shirts. Uh, you do. If you're, you if you're listening, much. Everyone listening to this, would you buy? Would you dye T-shirts? Like if they had like Freddie the Yeti and Mikey My My. I'm trying to think of everything yes, else. Yes, I, I would. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I would buy one in every color that's available. Red, mostly <laughs> because I love the color red. I okay. Is red your favorite color? I love red. Red is like at war with every other color. That's why I love it. But does that mean it's your favorite color? It's my favorite color. Red is my favorite color. I needed that verbal confirmation. It's a verb. This is a verbal confirmation that Reem Amin loves the color red, and her favorite color is red. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> we love red, and we hate Bigfoot. We don't like Bigfoot. Bigfoot, cancel Bigfoot. Cancel Bigfoot. <laughs> he needs to be canceled. <laughs> Move on over. It's Ginger that's, Snaps time. <laughs> that's another shirt. Hashtag cancel Bigfoot. Yes. <laughs> so it needs to be on the front on the front of the t-shirt. And then on the back of the t-shirt would be Team Mothman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's a double-sided design that we can we can definitely promote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm here I, for it. I don't know why I became this way. I never hated Bigfoot before, like last Tuesday. Well, okay, I have a question for you. How did yeah. this? Stem? How? What this? Where did this hatred of Bigfoot stem from? Literally, I told a single joke and I went with it. It be- and it became like the theme of the episode, and now <laughs> it's becoming the theme of my podcast. I love that. Okay, we should. <laughs> there needs to be a little, not a subtitle. What is it? A little heading. Underneath, mm-hmm. would die. A- Anti Bigfoot fan club. <laughs> Bigfoot fan club. <laughs> Follow and like and subscribe to our channel if you're a fan mm-hmm. of Bigfoot. If you do not like, if you do like Bigfoot, please leave. You are not welcome here. You're not welcome. No, you can try. You can try the Mothman Club. It's around the corner of. Um... No, well, we're the Mothman Club. Oh yeah, sorry. No, yes, we are. We are. Sorry. <laughs> My brain just stopped working for a second there. <laughs> well, I don't think there's a Bigfoot club because Bigfoot um sucks. <laughs> Bigfoot sucks. There is no club. 
I take it. Take it how it is. There is no Bigfoot. There, I feel like there's someone listening who's like, you're shitting on Bigfoot again, Austin? <laughs> what the hell? It's like they click on this episode expecting like this ginger snaps and analyzing of ginger snaps. And then we're just got we've gone off tangent and we're talking shit about Bigfoot. Again. I don't know if we're getting back to ginger snaps because no, we've we've just that's it. It's going yeah. to be Bigfoot hate hatred from here on out. I don't even hate Bigfoot. I'm just doing it for the likes at this point. <laughs> Publicity stunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like and it's, and it's so funny because I be- as of right now both of these episodes where where I'm talking shit about Bigfoot come out in. April. Right. Um, and we're recording this, in when, March. When is this episode going to be coming out? I um right now it should be April 26th. Perfect. So this is the Bigfoot episode. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The like, coming soon. Soonest. Come cometh soonest. And cometh sooner. Cometh sooner, Bigfooteth. <laughs> <laughs> This is not how I expected this to go, by the way, but... I thought I got all this out of my system. It's okay. (laughs) I I like this. I like this. It's very unfiltered. You know what I don't like, though? Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually dying. This is insane. This is so funny. I rushed. I rushed from, like, seeing my family to come here to talk, and I love this. Bigfoot. Guys, I need to go. I need to talk about Bigfoot. We no, we need to talk about why we hate Bigfoot. <laughs> you rush from I, your family I've for this. I've heard, I've heard that he's a Gemini, and Gemini men are the are the worst. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know nothing about astronomy, so you gotta. It's not astronomy; it's astrology. That was a joke. I made a joke. I promise, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have a thing for Gemini? I don't know. I don't know anything about astrology. All I know is I'm a Libra. Oh, you're a Libra. I'm a Gemini. What does that mean? I I have no idea. I, apparently, the two the two faced the two faced personality. I don't know what. I don't. I don't know <laughs> nothing. All I know is I'm a Libra because uh, I was born in October, early October. Okay, so you're like kind of like the balance. I think. I think it's the balance symbol. Oh, I know it's yeah. I know it's like the scales. I know the what scales, my symbol that's it, is. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what that means about me. I don't know either. I don't know. Like I used to be very into astrology, but now not so much. But it's so funny. I bring up Gemini because, like, even in Ginger Snaps, like the sisters, there's mm-hmm. a good sister and a bad sister. That's kind of a good way of you know portraying Gemini. There's a I good thought, sister. There's a bad sister. I thought you were gonna say that was a good way of bringing us back to Ginger Snaps. Yeah, well, yeah, it is a good way. It's a, it's a nice segue. Yeah, but I got, I got to derail it and go back to hating Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so do I can't, I can't. This is actually hilarious. <laughs> I wonder what Bigfoot is thinking right now. Nothing, because he sucks. No, I'm kidding. That's mean. I don't want to be mean. I think, yeah. I I only want to be honest. Yeah, be honest. That's the only way of, you know, speaking your truth. 
<laughs> and we don't like Bigfoot. Right. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to be mean about it either. No, no. It's it's just a personal thing, you know, like not yeah. everyone, you know, like friends. It's a preference. It's a preference. Some right. people like Bigfoot, but I we just don't like Bigfoot. If you're listening to this and you like Bigfoot, you can go ahead and meet me in the fucking parking lot at 2 a.m. and we can throw hands. <laughs> yeah. If you if if it's Bigfoot that's listening, fuck you. <laughs> would you would you fight Bigfoot? Would I fight Bigfoot? Yeah. <clears throat> so I've only taken two um I think it's Muay Thai classes, kickboxing. And mm-hmm. yes, I feel like I would be able to take on Bigfoot. I can do one of those like spin kicks on him. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. I don't know. I, I think he might kick my ass. Oh, he's definitely gonna kick my ass, but I'm not. I'm gonna go in fighting. Like I would fight a normal sized person, <laughs> but a Bigfoot has big feet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's like tall enough to play professional basketball. Oh yeah, 100. percent He's in the team already. Yeah, I think it's called um Big Feet. You didn't try that hard on that one, did you? Team Big Feet? <laughs> Big Feet uh, playing against werewolves. Oh, the werewolves would win. No, the team name has to be the Sassy Squatches. Sasquatch. But Sassy Squatches. That's the team name. Because oh, it's like Sasquatch, like but that they're can sassy. Be, that can be the name of the cheerleaders. The Sassy, the sassy Squatches. Yeah. Squatches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like this is there, there's a film coming up coming up with us, coming up with this Bigfoot thing that we're talking. I think there's a there's potential for it to be a film. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think there's potential, and then we can get the Mothman in as the cool guy, as the winner. And yeah. then Bigfoot is like the loser. But I don't want to. I don't want to tarnish the Mothman's legacy by putting him in a uh, <laughs> film with Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I was just suggesting maybe that, we're brainstorming. No, I, we're I've brainstorming. Never, I've never. I've never heard or seen of a film that has Mothman and Bigfoot in it. It can be a first. It can be a first. It can be something. Who knows? But but we don't want to drag Mothman down to Bigfoot's level. Okay. So then what direction do you think we can go with? We could go with Freddy the Yeti. (laughs) Is that the protagonist? I think so. Okay, Freddy the Yeti. I'm writing that down right now. Freddy the Yeti. Because the protagonist sure as fuck's not going to be Bigfoot. (laughs) So funny. I need to I need to listen to this first episode of the Bigfoot. I need to see, I need to listen to this. I'll I'll personally share it with you so you know when it's coming. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So a little, oh. A little oh my god. <laughs> this episode went Are off you the rails face as much as I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> Reconnect yourself. Let's recollect ourselves. So, uh, recenter. Ginger Snaps is a pretty good film. (laughs) It's a great film. Uh, Do you? uh, I think Freddy the Yeti. Oh, no, no. Don't bring us back. Would actually approve of Ginger Snaps. Okay. Okay. We're back into Ginger Snaps. 
yeah yeah don't worry <laughs> we're I'm back in it. bring it back we're, we're reeling it back read it back in yeah we, we were <laughs> we were talking about comparing uh and contrasting the similarities and shit with ginger snaps and jennifer's body and then we decided to talk about Mickey. no no stop <laughs> stop it okay sorry sorry We're... i retract that yes stop. jennifer's body and um ginger snaps are very similar i feel like ginger snaps is super overlooked and mm-hmm. if no one has seen it yet and wants to see something that's very interesting and dark and just a lot it's just about feminine rage and the becoming of a woman and there's a lot of metaphors and symbol symbolism and it's just it's great to see the sister dynamic the good sister and the bad sister kind of embodying who they are as the good sister and the bad sister like um ginger snaps is very iconic yeah that's that's pretty much it i gotta ask would you rather be a werewolf or a what is it a succubus oh i don't know succubus like the like jennifer's body like jennifer's body yeah Hmm. okay maybe on like mondays and tuesdays i can do werewolf and the rest of the days i can be a succubus i don't know if you get to choose though no I don't know if that's how it works, Reem. I mean, I can I can definitely change up the days, but I would like to be both. If I if I had the opportunity, I'd try I'd love to be both. Well, I don't see why you couldn't be both. I just don't know if you could choose which one you get to be. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? If if the opportunity True. was to ever present itself, I'd be like, let me try this out and then let me try that out and see where I where I fit in the most because I'm not Fair like enough. yeah I like I like trying things first before I make my decision Fair enough and finally yeah. it is time for the titular question of the show if you <gasps> met up with ginger when ginger snaps would you die Yes I would I would die Yeah Yeah she's pretty happily. legal Very happily. Happily. She's very hot <laughs> She's very hot. I, I Not I as think, a werewolf. Not as a werewolf, but Catherine is Elizabeth. I think it's Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah, Catherine Elizabeth. She's gorgeous. And when she's when she finally is that werewolf, she has that werewolf aura about her. She's got the little bleached hair and everything, like that little walk that she does into the school where all the men are staring at her. And it's yeah, I'm just like, wow, yeah. Okay. She's hot. I get it. I but I'd die very happily if I was to go up against Ginger while she snaps. She she I... can snap, she can snap me if she wants. <laughs> Iconic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that can also be on a t-shirt. We're coming up with all the t-shirts today. Yeah, so this should actually happen. We need to pattern it. Pattern, pattern it. Pattern. Pattern. Yeah. Before we before we snap the haters. Mm-hmm. And the Bigfoot supporters. Yes. <laughs> Back on Bigfoot. Finally. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fucking Bigfoot. <laughs> Another t-shirt slogan. Oh my God. <laughs> where where can the people find you? Where me? Yeah. I'm I'm out and about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an Instagram, Reem and Amin. 
I've got a Twitter, Scream with Reem. Um, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was, was a lot of fun. Absolute pleasure. And I absolutely love talking with you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're just actually so awesome as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are. You really, really are. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Reem for joining me to talk about Ginger Snaps and also for joining the We Hate Bigfoot Club. Some filmmaking news. I've already started prep on my next short, aiming to shoot that in August. I'm not going to say much about it other than it is a true creature feature, which I am super excited for. Also, Ice Scream just got into its second festival, the Die Laughing Film Festival in Los Angeles, California. If you're in the area and want to check it out, it will be the weekend of May 5th and May 6th, 2023. I cannot make that trip, but nevertheless, I am very, very excited. A reminder, I just launched a Patreon. Link will be shared in the show notes, but you can find it as patreon.com slash Podcast. There are monthly bonus episodes, movie commentaries, and so many more perks. Plus, you're supporting your favorite monster kid, yours truly. I hope you consider joining, and to you lovely souls who already joined, I love you. On this segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you about the horror films I watched last week, I watched Evil Dead 2013, Evil Dead Rise, Renfield, Mandy, Child's Play, Knowing, and Predator. Evil Dead 2013. It was the first time I rewatched it since it came out in 2013. And it, it goes hard, guys. Like, that film... I remember not really caring for it when I first saw it, but it kind of grew on me as I thought about it, and especially as my tastes changed over the past 10 years. But rewatching it now, um, being a much bigger horror fan, being a much bigger Evil Dead fan, rewatching it now, I'm like, okay, this is the good stuff. So it went from like, I rated it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. Now it's four and a half stars. Like that's a significant jump. And then the movie hadn't changed at all. It was me. It was my tastes that changed. So funny how that works. Anyways, Evil Dead 2013 goes and it goes hard. Evil Dead Rise came out last week and I loved it. I thought it was a blast. I had so much fun with it. And you'll hear more of my thoughts if you subscribe to the Patreon. I'm bringing back my good friend Bobby Torres and we're talking about Evil Dead Rise um, along with the other Evil Dead movies. That's going to be the May bonus episode. So if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, I really recommend you checking that out and hearing my thoughts on Evil Dead Rise more in depth. I saw Renfield over the weekend and that was cute. It was uh, a fun little horror comedy. It does one of those things in comedies which I absolutely despise where it's like the main character just kind of narrates throughout the whole thing and like it's fine in Mean Girls because I think there's a purpose to it but when other films do it or other comedy films do it it just kind of seems tacky to me and it definitely felt tacky in this one there are also some subplots that I didn't care about but the movie spends a lot of time on it and even though the movie's not a long movie it causes it to drag that being said there's definitely way more good than bad in this one it is a very fun time Aquafina's fun 
Ben Schwartz is fun. Nicholas Holt is really good. And of course, Nicholas Cage is the reason you buy a ticket. Nicholas Cage as Dracula and like pun intended, he kills it. He fucking kills it. So Renfield's a good time. Keeping with the Nicolas Cage trend I was on for a little bit, I finally saw Mandy. That's been on my radar for a long time, and it was fine. I think I might need to watch it again because I was—I never got really got into it. I thought it was super long. It was only two hours, but it just kind of went on and on forever. You could argue that it just has a slow pace, but for me, it just dragged hardcore. Maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it, but yeah, I, I wasn't digging it. When it got, when it finally got going, there was a lot of cool parts. There's a lot to appreciate. I love the look of it. I love the sound of it. The score is great. The colors and the cinematography is really great. And Nicolas Cage always delivers, but yes, he delivers in this one. There's a lot of great moments with, like, there's a tiger, there's chainsaw fights, um, super gory. But, yeah, I spent more time being bored than being entertained. And that could just be the mood I was in, or maybe it's just on me. Because I know a lot of people love Mandy. I appreciated it, but I think I have to watch it again. Child's Play? Another film I rewatched I haven't seen in years. I'm not the biggest Chucky fan, but I can appreciate Chucky. And I know I always liked the first Child's Play, but rewatching it the other day, I'm like, oh, this is good, good. Like, I always thought it was good, but I'm like, no, this is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many great horror set pieces that just blow your mind, especially when you take into account it was made in, I think, 87. It truly, truly holds up, and there's no surprise why there's a bunch of Chucky movies and TV shows and merch nowadays, like Birth of an Icon, for real. The final Nick Cage movie on this list I watched Knowing, which came out late, I want to say 2009. You could argue it's more of a sci-fi thriller, but like, there's enough for me to include it on this list. I don't know if I'd ever cover it on the podcast, but I definitely worth mentioning here. It was fun. It held up another film I haven't seen since it came out. And um, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. There's some quirkiness, but I think that's part of the charm. The only thing for me is once it hits the second half, it does start to drag hardcore. Maybe I wasn't in a good mood this week because I'm... I'm saying a lot of these films dragged, but for me, it had its uh, fantastic first half, a fine second half, goes off the rails a little bit near the end, and I mean that in a good way, definitely takes a swing, which I think will prove to be divisive among people, um, or maybe it already did, this film came out more than 10 years ago, but I enjoyed it, I'm glad I watched it again, and finally... The last film I watched this week was Predator. I've seen Predator thousands of times. You know me. You guys know me. I fucking love Predator. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't need to say. I don't need to say that much more about it. <laughs> you can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast. Though that's mostly shit posted gizmo dancing to random music I find. Sorry, not sorry. 
You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. What an exciting April, guys. Next week, the podcast is finally tackling the work of Mike Flanagan with an episode dedicated to the haunting of Hill House. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.